Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. I'm Lara Young, and today I'm absolutely delighted to be sharing with you some of the essential tools and techniques that you need to have in your coaching toolkit to be able to really create lasting change with your clients. I'm going to go through every stage of the coaching relationship with you and just highlight some of the key things that I know that you're going to want to have in your toolkit so that you can really work very powerfully, expertly and transformationally with your clients. Of course, as the founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, one of the things I'm really passionate about is making sure that all coaches are equipped with the ability to really help their clients to achieve the goals that they come to them for, to solve the problem that they come to them for, and to really have that outcome. And the way in which we do this is by equipping with our, ourselves with the ability to really navigate and guide our client through a series of processes, experiences, changes, so that at the end of it, they've embedded the change so that it becomes unconscious that they're doing these things out of conscious awareness, that they've made changes that they can embrace that actually last. That is so important to me. You know, sometimes what happens is people will go into coaching and it will be a quick fix, but it doesn't work. It doesn't have longevity. They go back to their old ways of being, their old ways of thinking, their old ways of believing about themselves. And that's why fundamentally we actually do need to have a series of tools and techniques at our disposal that we can use and as skills, of course, to use them really well to be able to help our clients to make those shifts, to make those changes and embed them so that they they last longer than just the six weeks, the three months, the 12 months, whatever it is, whatever the container it is that we're working with our clients in. Now, some of these things as we go through, you may already have in your coaching practice, and that's great. What I encourage you to do is to start to think about where your gaps are and how you can fill those gaps in so that you do have all of the different elements covered off as you think about the journey that you take your clients through. Now, where I'm going to begin with this today is I'm going to begin with your client at the onboarding stage. So I'm not in this episode going to cover how you get clients on board. I'm not going to cover things like your discovery call potentially or your messaging or your niching. What I do want to say, though, is that all of those things are incredibly important. You know, having an ideal client, having a niche, having an expert voice in your community, um, online community, uh, your local community, 
being able to be recognized as the expert that you are as a coach and being able to be recognized that you're the coach that people want to hire to help them solve that specific problem. Now, we talked a lot about coaching credibility in a previous episode, and you can you can go ahead and listen to that one. Very important, but just say that I'm not going to cover off those elements of coaches, of people, sorry, coming into your world, clients coming into your world in this episode. Where we're starting is that you they've signed up with you and you're going to start to onboard them. Okay. So the onboarding process is a really critical one, as you know. When we're onboarding our clients, it is an opportunity for us to reinforce the buying decision. So to really reinforce the fact that they've done the right thing by choosing to work with us. And how do we do that? There's a number of things that we do. Now, first of all, of course, you're going to have your coaching contract, your legal contract with your client that stipulates, you know, all the terms and conditions, what happens if they don't attend a call, um, how you'll operate, all of those good things. The thing that you need in addition to that is another type of contract. And that contract for me is about your coaching relationship that you're going to invest 100% into it, that you expect your client to do the same, that they agree to do the same, that you're going to show up fully prepared, you're going to show up on time, that the client is going to, you're going to be assigning tasks and your client's going to do the tasks because they recognize that they're important in helping them to achieve their outcome. You'll also at this point, and you can create a manifesto, right? I love doing things like a little manifesto, which is just an agreement with your between your client and your client so between your client and themselves that they are wholeheartedly going to show up and immerse themselves in this incredible experience and this opportunity to truly transform that they're going to go all in that they're going to be vulnerable that they're going to do the work and that is something that you can create and you know create something like that in Canva for them and that really is a beautiful way to Uh, on board and to welcome your client in knowing that you have a role and they have a role uh, and that they're really invested in it in terms of creating that real change. The other thing, of course, that you want to do from a practical point of view when you onboard your client is make sure that you have uh, set out for them, you've sent them a link through to book in their sessions with you. This makes life so much easier for them and for you if they know in advance when you're meeting, what times you're meeting, what dates, etc. Helps you because you can book in other clients, of course, around those times, but it also helps you in terms of your uh, ongoing uh, marketing, etc., knowing where you're going to have gaps coming up. And it also helps them to really prepare and to know the time investment that they're making as well. The other important thing that I like to do is I like to let my clients know that there will be tasking involved and to set aside some additional time each week to to do that tasking so that they don't come to the sessions unprepared and not having completed the tasks. If you have a Facebook community that you uh, put your clients into, you want to give them access to that. You also want to, if you have a learning management system, say there's some modules that all your clients go through you're going to want to uh, give them access logins for that. Or if you have a membership area, for example, again, you're going to want to give them logins for that. 
Some of the other things that you may want to use are things like Voxer. So you can voice note back and forth with your client. You want to make sure you've got that all set up. You may want to use a, um, a planning tool like Asana, for example, to keep a track and keep your clients accountable week to week, maybe a way that you want to communicate with them. You may use a Trello board. You may have a dashboard, you know, a business dashboard or something like that that you have them complete. Whatever it is, whatever that you know that you need in order to communicate effectively, keep updating and receive information back and forth in between your calls, make sure that that's set up really early in the piece. And also you can just do little videos showing your client how to operate some of these things. I think often we assume that our clients know how to use various pieces of technology and sometimes they simply don't. So you want to be able to make them make this process as easy for them as possible, you know, in that onboarding phase. The other thing that we often like to do in the onboarding phase, of course, is to gather some additional information with our client from our clients. And I really love to make sure that this is a task that we assign. And again, the reason for that is because you want your clients to be following your instructions in the coaching relationship so that you're going to be giving them tasks throughout, right, to help them move forward, to reinforce what you've been doing in the sessions, you want to make sure that you're doing those tasks. So this could be something as simple as listening to a 21-day sleep hypnotherapy, or it could be uh, completing a food diary if you're in the health and wellness space. It could be completing an emotion diary. It could be completing some kind of checklist in preparation for coaching. It could be some information gathering that you've asked them to do. Whatever it is during the onboarding phase, we want to make it, yes, we want to make it brilliant, professional. We also want to make sure that during that phase, our client is completing a task that gives us some input and reinforces for them that they are accountable and that they're actually going to be doing the work during the coaching relationship and the coaching process. So once we've done the onboarding process, we really want to then be able to make sure that we're getting all the information that we actually need from our clients and deeply understanding the problem that they have, deeply understanding where they are now. And so for me, the diagnostic phase is absolutely critical. And I think it's one that sometimes people can tend to gloss over. Now, diagnostics can take a whole range of forms. Of course, we have the Mindset Dimensions Report, which is our ICF accredited diagnostic tool where we measure our clients' beliefs about their capability. We measure their beliefs about their worthiness, helplessness, hopelessness, and deservedness. We measure their values across eight different areas of their life. So you've got that all in advance. We measure their behavioral preferences. So for example, we measure extroversion, introversion. We measure global in detail, towards and away from. We measure 20 different behavioral preferences. Again, such important information when you're coaching. A really big difference between coaching someone who is high on extroversion versus someone who's high on introversion, for example. And we need as coaches, of course, to flex our style, including our approach and our tasking, to really lean into our clients' behavioral preferences. We also measure through Mindset Dimensions our clients' emotional frequency. How often are they experiencing those positive resourceful emotions 
And how often are they experiencing the negative or unresourceful emotions that maybe hold them back from achieving the results they desire? We all know, don't we, that emotion precedes behavior. And so we really can start to understand when we link all of these things together, how our client is running the problem, how they're doing what they're doing, how they are where they are right now, and all of those different levers for change that we can activate to help them to really move forward and achieve their goal and the outcome that they've come to us for. So the Mindset Dimensions Report also measures their, your client's communication preferences and it also measures their self-talk. And these are such critical pieces of information that give you a real 3D perspective on where your client is now in terms of all of those different areas. And it's essentially the foundation from which you then start to coach your client around their beliefs, around their emotions, around their values alignment, around their behaviors and their habits. You can use other, other tools like Myers-Briggs, for example, or DISC or Hogan profiling if you like to use behavioral uh, tools, behavioral measurement tools. You can also use things like um, 360 degree feedback. If you're coaching in corporates, you can use skills gap analysis. You can use an Enneagram or a strengths finder. You may, like one of my students in the Mindset Coach Certification Program, be uh, trained in human design. You can use that. And in fact, you know, as a coach, you're bringing lots of different tools and techniques to the table and you can work out which elements of that you want to have in your diagnostic phase. There are, of course, other things that you can use as well, depending again on your niche and your ideal client. During that diagnostic phase, you may want your client to complete a food diary, an emotions diary. You may want them to complete where am I now in my business? You may want them to give you the last three years worth of business accounts. Um, you may want to have them analyze where they're at in terms of their social media platforms. How are they going with that? And again, it depends on your niche. You're not necessarily going to ask a client who's come to you because they want to run the marathon, London Marathon for their P&L, but whatever makes sense for you to have as background information for your client to help you and them move forward more quickly and more effortlessly is, you know, really powerful. And that's for you to decide what is it exactly that you need during that diagnostic phase. We also at the Mindset Coach Academy have a range of conversational diagnostic tools that we use that are incredibly powerful for giving us and our clients insights about where they are now, the things in their lives that are helping them or potentially hindering them from moving forward. So for example, we really want to know this holistic view of where our client potentially is sabotaging themselves when it comes to getting to where they want to be. And sometimes it can be very practical and fundamental things, right? It can be your client's environment. Maybe they don't have the right equipment. Maybe they're not um, hanging around with people who inspire them. Maybe they have a really noisy household and they find it difficult to have space to work on their own business. Maybe they, um, you know, at work, they don't have their environments not conducive to them being really productive or doing what they want to do. The environment, when we explore that with our client, really refers to where they live, where they socialise, where they work, the people that they surround themselves with. 
and the equipment that they have and they use. And sometimes even making small changes to those things can make such a big difference. Decluttering, for example, can make a huge difference to your client's energy, to their ability, if you use law of attraction, to call in what it is that they desire. So understanding your client's environment, very important. Understanding their skills and capabilities. What is it that they are able to do? What experiences do they have? What qualifications do they have? What capabilities maybe do they not have that they need to develop or that they can outsource in order to help their goal become a reality? In fact, one of the key self-sabotaging strategies a lot of people use is actually thinking that they need to acquire a skill when they don't. They could outsource it. Someone else could be doing it or maybe they don't need to do it. So for small business owners, coaches, etc., you may think I need to be able to be excellent at Canva or I need to be able to, you know, be able to create a website or design a logo. You don't need to be able to do any of those things if that's not in your zone of genius. And in fact, it can often be a huge procrastination technique for people thinking they need to acquire those skills when they don't really need to. Um, The next area is in your client's behaviours and habits and really understanding, as I said earlier, their behavioural preferences. Uh, In the Mindset Dimensions report, we measure 20 different behavioural continuum. Um, Understanding behavioural preferences, understanding your client's habits is really key too in this diagnostic phase. What are the things that they're doing on autopilot automatically every day at the unconscious level that help them? right? So for example, maybe it is that the alarm goes off and they get up straight away, right? Five, four, three, two, one, they're out of bed and they're into action. Maybe they have habits that hinder them. Like for example, at the end of the day, sitting down on the sofa when the children are in bed, reaching for a glass of wine, and then eating an entire bag of Doritos. Whatever it is, you can work with them around their habits that really help and hinder them. You can help them to change their habits so that they really do work for them when it comes to achieving what they want to achieve. The next area that we really want to explore, of course, with our clients are their beliefs. And again, it's measured in mindset dimensions, but their beliefs about themselves, their capability, their worthiness, their deservedness, and using conscious belief uh, techniques, really powerful here to explore and diagnose what are the beliefs to identify what are the beliefs that my client has about themselves and about the world around them. And, you know, that understanding that at the outset is so powerful. And we know, don't we, that we can often get a lot of information from our clients' beliefs about themselves, even through some of the onboarding activities that they're doing for us, even from their application to have a discovery call with us. We can read some of those beliefs and we certainly listen out for them and hear them when we're chatting with our clients. So, you know, that information is very, very powerful. The other thing, of course, is their values. We want to understand what's important to our clients and we want to understand it not just at the surface level. So we don't just want to elicit our clients' values We want to understand exactly what they mean, how they are lived or not lived in our clients' lives, how are they satisfied or not satisfied. And again, in Mindset Coach Certification Program, I dive really deeply into the exploration of values so that we deeply, deeply understand the alignment or misalignment of values and behavior and how we can help our clients to make those shifts and changes so that all of a sudden things do become easy and effortless and they feel great for our client because they're not you know, trying to swim upstream, they're going with the flow, they're in alignment with 
their values, which are being satisfied across different areas of their lives. And the other important thing about values and understanding values with your client is that they are context dependent. So if you're a business coach, you it's not about your client's values all over everywhere, right? In the context of everything, we elicit values specifically for career, relationships, health and well-being, etc., money. And that is that is critical because they are context dependent. Yes, often we find that values will be similar. They'll have um, values that they choose regularly, very common across different areas. What we really want to focus on is what is important to them in this specific area of their life so that we can then do some further analysis about what's happening. You know, are they really satisfying those values, et cetera? Really, really interesting work. The next piece of the diagnostic is about our client's identity. Who do they see themselves as? What is that? What are all the roles they play in their life? How do they how do they perceive themselves in the context of their ability? How do they perceive themselves in the context of the goal? Who do they need to be or become? What parts of them do they need to enhance in order to achieve that goal? And so, you know, this part of the of the coaching process, this diagnostic phase is so revelatory. It's such rich information, not just for you as the coach, but also for the client. And this is where I find our clients have significant aha moments because we're looking at it holistically and we're looking at all the different elements and ingredients that can really be quite unwittingly sabotaging our clients from moving forward, from achieving what they desire. So I'm not sure what you have in your diagnostic phase. I've talked about several elements there that you can be using, um, but have a think about, is there a gap in that diagnostic? Is there something that you need to create some kind of Google form or worksheet or something like that where you can start to capture data about your clients in those in-depth discussions You know, at that diagnostic phase? Some perhaps they can do you know, by themselves as a standalone. But what is the information that you really need as a coach in order to help your client move forward? Because that's really what you're wanting to gather in the diagnostic phase. Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification, and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. The next thing, of course, is that we really do want to make sure that we have techniques for building and establishing, maintaining rapport with our clients. You know, having that trust and establishing strong relationships with our clients is so important because it means that they uh, can be more vulnerable, right? It means that they can open up. And we need to be really effective at listening as coaches, you know, active listening, really consciously listening, but also listening with our unconscious mind is so powerful. What do I mean by that? A lot of times we take at face value what our client's telling us. What we really need to do is mind the gap. And the gap is between what they're saying and what they're not saying. What they're saying and what is the information that we're missing or the information that we need. We need to uncover those things in our clients that they're deleting, distorting or generalizing and really bring them into giving us the specific information, the precise information that we need. We do that, of course, by 
listening and trying things on and saying, well, hang on, what, what is actually missing here? What don't I know? What do I need to know to really serve my client as effectively as I can? And this then comes down to being empathic in your communication, but also being the leader in that communication as well. And by that, I mean that in addition to building rapport, so your client feels like they can trust to communicate with you, you may also sometimes need to break rapport to ask your client to stop there. Hang on a minute, Mary, you've just mentioned, I just want to go back to something you said a moment ago, which was really interesting. So can we just stop there? And I'm going to take you back to that thing you just said. A lot of coaches, I think, struggle, particularly in the early days with interrupting or what they perceive as interrupting a client. What you've got to recognize is that as a coach, it's your responsibility to do that. If your client is telling themselves the same old story that they've told themselves and others on and on and on, and the story just gets better and better or worse and worse, depending on how you look at it, you want to be able to to break that state. You want to be able to stop them and say, I need let's stop there. Let's get this information. What are you really saying about this situation? And by doing that, by actively listening, minding the gap, being empathic, but also being a leader, you are going to help your clients to stop themselves in the act, to break that pattern, to break that state so that then you can continue to ask some open-ended questions, which will create an evolution towards solution, which is absolutely what we want. What we don't want is to have our client perpetuating the state, the behaviours, the emotions, the beliefs, the values that they've been perpetuating that have not given them the success that they desire or given them the results that they desire. And it's your responsibility to do that. And so building rapport, maintaining rapport, breaking rapport where necessary, vital tools to have in your toolkit. And, in fact, rapport is one of the areas that we do work on in the mindset coach certification both from a building rapport perspective in terms of building rapport with your client through that empathic behavior through holding space through asking incredible questions but also in terms of helping our clients to develop rapport with the people that they want to develop rapport with outside of that coaching relationship so very very powerful stuff and again Write down anything that you think is missing, any skills that you think that you need to develop here. Uh, just, Just pop those down. So the next thing, we've gone through our diagnostic phase, we've built rapport, we've onboarded. Uh, Now what we want to do is really understand what it is that our client wants in a very deep way. And so for want of a better phrase, we can call this the goal setting phase, right? Now, I teach a very, very specific and in-depth goal-setting process. And I do this because I believe that tools like SMART goals, which we've all experienced, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound, the acronym, acronym SMART, or the GROW model, which is another normative coaching model, which stands for the goal, the reality, the options, and the way forward. They're great tools. Absolutely they are. And if if you're using them in your practice, I encourage you to still do so. In fact, I share these tools myself. But I don't believe that they go far enough into really harnessing the power of the conscious, unconscious mind. They don't go far enough in terms of the whole sensory experience of 
what it will be like to actually have the goal to have achieved the goal. We know, don't we, the power of the unconscious mind. So the goal setting process that, that I use and I teach is very about much about harnessing that much deeper exploration of our client's goal, of what they want uh, in their lives. Now, one of the things that often clients will come and say is, I don't know what I want. And this can be a challenge. In fact, we were having a discussion about this yesterday in the MCA. Um, And it's interesting because sometimes people aren't too sure. They just know that something's not right. Uh, You know, there's got to be more to life than this, those kind of things, but they haven't exactly pinpointed what they do want. And you as a coach can spend way too much time trying to navigate through all of that and having them maybe not make decisions or choices or tune into who they really are. Maybe they haven't ever thought about what it is that they desire. Maybe they're the kind of client that, you know, everyone else in their life comes before them. They've prioritized everyone else instead of themselves. And it's very common, you know, a lot of us do that, don't we, with families and cats and dogs and everything. And we're somewhere down the bottom of the list. So one of the things that you can do to turn that around rather quickly is to focus your client on what it is they don't want in that area. So say, for example, you've got a client who comes to you for dating or relationship coaching. You may actually ask them if they don't know what they want in terms of relationship, you can ask them, what don't you want? Tell me all the things you don't want. And then you can use each of those statements as an opportunity to say, well, if you don't want that, what do you want instead? So say, for example, if your client says, I don't want a partner who goes golfing all weekend. Okay. Well, if you don't want a partner who goes golfing all weekend, what do you want? And that really helps your client to, to move into that space of what it is that I desire. And then that will kind of get the, get the, um, ambiguity, the uncertainty away from them so that then you can move forward with your in-depth goal setting processes, with your in-depth outcome outcome focus. And of course, you just remove the what they don't want. You can either ritualize it by ripping it up and burning it, wipe it away, but you turn your focus to what your client actually does want. And this works in all niches. So whether you're a relationship coach, whether you're a business coach, whether you're a career coach, whether you're a grief coach, whether you're a health and fitness coach, etc. Very useful process to do if your client isn't quite sure about what their goal is, because you don't want to spend a lot of time, use a lot of time, really trying to get them to make a decision and come to what it is that they desire. And I also teach a lot of different ways that you can do this as well. Um, You know, a lot of people are just out of tune with their body, even how they feel moment to moment, they're out of tune with their emotions. So there's a lot of work that we can do there. But what I want to leave with you with here in terms of goal setting is you do need a process for it, right? And it's iterative. So the process, as you'll have noticed if you're coaching clients, is that they can come to you with a goal and then there's another goal. There's something else that they want to achieve. So we're constantly refining that. The other thing we want to do, of course, is to be able to help our clients to make change at the conscious level and the unconscious level. Conscious level change techniques, very, very powerful, conversational change, reframing, uh, using linguistics to help people to uh, think about their situation in a different way and come up with insights. We can change beliefs with conscious belief change techniques, for example. 
using conscious change tools, including things like, you know, your really powerful questioning techniques, reflective practices like mindfulness and journaling, um, using exercise that really help our clients to shift their perspective, you know, to take the other point of view. And we have a whole lot of those tools available in the Mindset Coach Certification that help you to guide your client to think about things from a different perspective and have those aha moments and really open up the possibility that there's another way of looking at things. There's another way of doing this. There's another way of feeling about something. So we want to be able to use those tools, those conscious change tools. And also we want to use unconscious change tools. Why? Because all learning change and behavior resides in the unconscious mind. It resides at the unconscious level. Every habit you have, unconscious level. Every behavioral preference, unconscious level. Every emotion you have, every belief, they all reside at the unconscious level. Your values reside at the unconscious level. So as a coach who really wants to help your client to create lasting permanent change, we need to make those changes with our clients at the unconscious level. And there are so many different tools and techniques that we can use to do this where we integrate conscious unconscious, where we work wholly with the unconscious mind. So for example, we use a range of conscious unconscious techniques. We also use things like timeline therapy. We use things like hypnotherapy, very, very powerful for embedding new habits, embedding new emotional states, motivation, confidence, etc. We also use things like strategy and habit work to embed those habits at the unconscious level. Your habits, your habit of switching off the alarm and getting up out of bed straight away really helps you, right? That happens at the unconscious level. You don't think about it, you just do. And we have those strategies for everything that we do right throughout our whole day, right throughout our whole lives. They're at the unconscious level. Emotional responses, as I said, unconscious level. We want to work to change that. And that's where the real power is. You want to be able to help people to change their behavior. You want to be able to help people to understand then the neuroscience of neuroplasticity, how habits are built, how habits are changed, how are habits formed. You want to help people to really overcome those limiting beliefs, those limiting decisions, like we do using timeline therapy or our submodalities change work. Because when we can permanently help our clients to do something different inside their minds, right, then that is where that's where change resides. And that's where permanent change resides. If they can no longer run the pattern or run the program, if we can help them to subconsciously reprogram what they're doing that isn't working into something that is working, our job is done, right? Diagnostic phase, incredibly important for this to identify which levers we need to work with, but then the change techniques come in and it is just such a powerful, powerful combination. So, you know, you do need to be able to have those skills. The other thing that we want to do is we want to make sure they're well and truly embedded. So when we help our clients to create change, conscious and unconscious level, subconscious level, we want to embed it. And we want to embed it through things like tasking. You know, you need to be able to have tools for tasking. You need to have tasks that you know reliably and consistently will help your clients to reinforce those changes. Now, you could have things like accountability and progress checking. You can have check-ins and progress reports. You can have um, Voxer support in between. You can create milestones and have wins for them. You'll be celebrating wins with them. 
And it does depend, of course, on the container that you're coaching in, i.e. the length and duration and nature of your package. But you really want to make sure that you are leveraging all of those things to reinforce those habits, reinforce those new ways of being, thinking um, and feeling in the world. The other thing that you can do is to really leverage technology. So using your, you know, using Zoom, using little mini recordings, record a Loom video, record a voice note for your clients. You can also, um, you know, use trackers, habit trackers, very, very powerful. What gets measured gets done. So whether you're a business coach who has a business dashboard that you give your clients, whether you're a, um, a weight loss coach who wants your clients to do food diaries or track their in exercise or whatever it is, using habit trackers. So very, very, very important. And the other thing that I know that you're going to need in your toolkit is you need to have the offboarding toolkit. So how do you actually end that coaching relationship? What do your clients go into next? Do you have a membership that they go in? Is there an elevated package that they can go in? Do you have a mastermind or something like that? And that's for another call really talking about, um, you know, the packages and services that you offer in the whole customer journey. You really want to have something which offboards your clients in an elegant way. So how are you gathering testimonials? How are you gathering the evidence of how far your clients have come? Do you remeasure? So for example, Mindset Dimensions Report, you can remeasure the tangible change in your client using that after six months. Perfect, because they can see there at a glance what's changed. If you use the Wheel of Life, for example, um, as part of your uh, diagnostic phase, you can then remeasure the wheel of life and have them look at the differences in that circumplex. So make sure that you know you are using these tools at the onboard offboarding process, sorry, so that you and the client really feel like you are complete. You are, you know, you are done. The results have been achieved. So. That's it from me for today. We've talked about a lot of different areas, tools, techniques uh, that you need, systems, processes that you need to be really effective throughout the client journey. And I want to remind you at this point as well that if you are really interested in up-leveling and deepening your effectiveness as a coach and learning all of these tools and techniques in a lot more detail so that you can create lasting transformation, please remember that the Mindset Coach Certification Program is open for enrolment. We'd love to see you on the inside. It is an immersive experience. It's a small group experience. We only have a maximum of 16 places in each cohort because I work with you, I train you, I work with you one-to-one -one as well. And for me, it's really important that I know you, I know your business and I know your goals that I can help you to be the very best coach that you can be. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.